everybody, this is Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. I hope you can hear my cat snuffling right now. He's making a lot of noise, Biscuit Reynolds. I'm so excited on this episode to reunite with my friend Mayori, mostly because uh, I love them so much and love to connect with them. But we had such a rich and beautiful conversation and it's just, it brought me so much peace. I felt a measurable difference after we spoke um, recording this and then I just re-listened to it to edit it and it was just so good um, and so nourishing to me. So I hope you can feel that nourishing connection on, on your end however you're consuming this. I have this also going up simultaneously on my YouTube channel, which is Self-Care Party. Um, If you go over there and clicky-clicky, you'll find it under the playlist of uh, live podcast recordings. Uh, But of course, you get it here. And I highly encourage you to go back and listen to episode number 34. That was our first conversation. And that really talks about how they shifted from their 9-to-5 career into being a full-time psychic and a lot of their healing journey, which is just so... Uh, tremendous. They've really walked through a lot, and I just love to bear witness to my friends healing and thriving in their heal, and I think that this pandemic has really shown us, like, where we needed to heal, and I think some of us got the brunt of that more than others, and, um, and I really hope that you're coming through the pandemic with a sense of peace and a sense that you're doing some good healing work, and if you're listening to this in the future... I hope you had a great pandemic. I don't know. I don't know what to say. (laughs) But I'm glad you're here. And before we get started with the show, I want to tell you that the best way to support this podcast is through my Patreon page. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com is a membership support site that allows creators like me to create value for folks like you. And you can be members and patrons and uh, subscribe. At any level of support, you get access to my Zoom aerobics classes on Saturdays. I teach an incredible one-of-a-kind aerobics class called Fat Kid Dance Party Aerobics. It is for anyone who feels left behind by mainstream fitness. So if you've ever been called too much, too fat, or felt too awkward to dance, this is the supportive class for you. Patreon.com slash FKDP is where you'll find it. I also do spiritual self-care lessons that are available at any level of membership. Um, I talk through kind of like what, what are my best spiritual self-care things that I do and kind of explain what my practice is bit by bit. Um, In the first month, we talked about dragons. We've talked about crystals, altar spaces. This month, I talked about anointing. Um, So, so much in there um, and a really great place if you're spiritually curious and want some guidance or just want to refine the practice that you already have because I feel like my favorite way to learn spirituality is through others, um, through teachers and, and learning how other people connect spiritually and nourish themselves in that way. I think that kind of self-care, um, Mayuri and I talk about this in the episode, but it's so like anti-capitalist how the spiritual realm is, you know what I mean? Like the earth gave us all we needed to heal. Um, and we made up bills and jobs, you know what I mean? So like, you know, there's, there's just a lot out there that, um, can really help you find a peace of mind, and a piece of heart that, like, can't even really be bought, while simultaneously we both uh, reflect in this episode about how expensive supplements are. Um, so, so you do need you do need some money. Anyway, um, so the Patreon page, patreon.com slash FKDP. I also have a full membership at 25 bucks a month. It's like a self-care support uh, aerobics 
situation where you get a whole menu of aerobics classes that you can choose from. I film them in the woods behind behind my house. It's like uh, in the woods adjacent to my home. Uh, there's a 10-minute, a 20-minute, two 55-minute classes, a chair aerobics class, and a 45-minute canna-size class, which is slower, more repetitive choreography to accompany an optional cannabis experience. And all of those, plus bonus classes from other body-positive instructors who I love, uh, and that's all available, plus all of the other membership benefits. So the Zoom classes and all of that. And plus, we have like this digital locker room going on on a Discord server through the Patreon page so folks can meet each other from class and hopefully make friends and in real life connections and all of this. So it's just a very exciting time. Uh, I'm so excited to share this class and this community with you. Patreon.com slash FKDP. If this podcast has ever brought you value, I sure would appreciate your support. And thank you everyone who subscribes already. And thank you everyone who's tuning in. I really appreciate you just showing up and learning more about all the different ways there are to be a happy adult in this world and all the different ways there are to be successful. So I hope that you imagine that you are on a porch with me and Mayuri and you're curling up on some wicker furniture with your favorite childhood blanket. And let's get started. Mayuri, welcome back. Thank you. (laughs) This is my perfectly imperfect podcast, uh, where we always start before we're ready. Um, and, uh, Mayuri, Mayuri, am I, am I doing it right? Yeah, Maori or Mayuri, you can say either. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna flip flop between the two. Cool. Uh, you are my first repeat podcast guest who has had a name change and a pronoun change, and I'm very excited that it's you, my femme queen friend and sibling, Mayuri. Yay. Yes, thank Yay. you. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks uh, for asking me to come on again. Yay. Um, will you, I would love to hear, I always like to do business in the front. So please tell us about your psychic services and how folks can interact with you as psychic Mayuri. Yeah. So, yeah. So my, uh, my website is psychicmayuri.com. And, um, when you go there, you can join my mailing list, which is really like the best way to keep in touch with me um or like yeah through email or text message um I'm not on social media but I send out really cute newsletters so there you go (laughs) your newsletters are extremely cute they're rare like you don't get them that often and um and they're always like chock full of exactly how to how to interact with you and I just can't Mm -hmm. recommend enough if people are out there looking for a great psychic you have Mm -hmm always come through for me in so many ways I'm so just I when we popped on this call I was just like you are one of the only people I have in my life who has like witnessed so many iterations of who I've been and how I'm becoming and I just love it and value you so much and your advice has been so helpful in finding peace for me because that's really what I get from psychic uh working with psychics it's peace it's like a form of spiritual therapy I think Mm -hmm. That makes me so happy. Like I, and I can say the same with you, like you, you've given so much psychic guidance to me and like your Reiki has been so transformative for me. Like even, even today before this call, sending me Reiki, like you're an amazing healer, Bevan. So thank you. I received that. (laughs) Thank you. I received that too. Um, Tell me about the name change. I mean, I already know, but tell everybody about the name change. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, so I had like a shamanic journey, I guess it was about a year and a half, two years ago where um, I received like my original name that my birth family gave me at my naming ceremony. And um, yeah, so it came through as Mayuri and came through with the spelling and everything. And um, I was I was kind of shocked that it came through and um, I told a couple people and they, and they started like calling me Mayuri like off and on. And I really wasn't ready to do the change. Like it just felt really scary for me to let everyone know that I was going to change my name, even though in queer community, people change their names literally every day. And I know so many people have changed their name. Like I had a lot of trouble, like being able to take up space around it. Um, yeah, so it's been like a really slow process for me since December, where like I've slowly been telling people about my name change. Like I told you, um, well, before I changed my business name and you actually recommended like you should change your business name. You should do psychicmayori.com. And <laughs> literally like you totally inspired me, Bevan, like as always. And I sat with it for a bit and I was like, I should rebrand and I should do psychicmayori.com and like it all came together and you were such an integral part of that like yeah you're incredible <laughs> you know what is so affirming about that is that's like a gift of mine is is like being able to tap into people's highest selves and like kind of see like brand stuff social media content stuff like that that like is really vexing for a lot of people it's very natural for me it just comes right through and it's so affirming actually for you to say that like I helped with that because like you know you can say you're psychic and you can like recognize your gifts but there is like a level of imposter syndrome until you really like level up into the comfort of owning the gifts that we have that are maybe out of like mainstream success protocols mm -hmm. um and so I'm so grateful that anything I can say is of value and helpful to you and and also really like branding so vexing but it's really about how you introduce yourself to people and yes. it's not and it really like I mean we were just talking about this before the podcast but like we're not responsible for other people's perception of us but I think we can be mindful of like how a new person mm -hmm. might receive us and like how to communicate mm -hmm. the most important parts of us like because if you want to work with clients as a psychic you just throw that in the top you know what I mean and like yeah. that it really helps mm-hmm Plus, there probably isn't another psychic Mayuri out there. Um, yeah, there is it. That's true. Yeah, there there is it. So I'm really I'm really grateful that my name is like unique, as is your name. So yeah, you know, like having a unique name is a great thing. <laughs> I did not think that when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I was dying literally to be a Jenny. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. Because your name is so magical and beautiful and like so embodies who you are, like top to down, like to up and down. Yeah. Thank you. That's so cute though. <laughs> Isn't it? Uh, so what's it been like, like living for six months, like changing your name, owning your name and also not having a very common name anymore? Yeah, it's been Oh my gosh, it's been it's been such a shift for me. I feel like it's really shifted like my gender and my relationship with like my sexuality. Um, 
my it's so funny my son said the other day you're becoming a lot more butch and I was like what what are you talking about he's like I don't know I just I feel like I feel that from you like I shaved the side of my head and like yeah like I've been stepping more into feeling into you know being two spirit which is um, how I identify. And I think like changing my name has brought more alignment with that. Um, and like really being able to step more into my masculinity and, um, I think just feeling more myself, you know, like I just feel so much more in in alignment with who I am and like really shedding the name that my abusers, my perpetrators gave me, um, is so, is so powerful. I think like for any survivor who has had like deep familial trauma, like being able to change your name is, is something really magical. It really is. There's something, um, about a reclamation of yourself and your identity that comes with naming. And also like, it's even like, I, I think this about like breakups and tattoos, like there's a way of reclaiming your body after intimacy with someone who's no longer in your life. And like, mm. there's like this way of just like being like, okay, well, I'm going to just come back into control of my body and myself <laughs> and take this back. Um, yes. I love that. Tell me more about this, uh, the masculine emergence, because you are someone I've known actually through femme community um, and like have always been very like performatively femme in a way that was in I think the best ways like for you and for fun and for self-expression and so I'm curious like how that identity is is it still there is it like kind of lifted away um are you like more in balance now masculine and femininity like what's what's coming up for you around that yeah I mean I think I think I still deeply identify as femme like because it just that label really resonates with me but I think um yeah I think kind of like stepping into maybe like my my boldness and my fierceness a little bit more and I feel like it's helped me really own my boundaries um and be kind of more unapologetic about saying what I feel and like speaking my mind um yeah and then I just think like I think like in my, in my relationships, feeling more, um, yeah, feeling more like in my masculinity and my relationships, which feels, which feels important, you know, like one of my girlfriends has just been like, oh my gosh, like I can just, you've like changed so much since, since you changed your name. And she was really like, really one of the people deeply encouraging me to change my name. And I think, um, I think like she's really like witnessed that shift. And I think it's because I think it's also subtle and nuanced, right? And so I think the people who are closest to me have seen it a lot more, you know, like my girlfriends and my son. Totally. Yeah. I also think there's something too about gender as an experience and um, not even necessary. I mean, of course it's identity. And I think yeah. some piece I've created around identity politics, right? Having been branded queer fat femme for so very long, um, I, I kind of outgrew it because there was just more to me <laughs> that like kind of fit in those same like kind of controversial boxes. Um, 
And, and I like, mm -hmm. I always wanted to use that platform as a way to just show how you can just be yourself and find peace in the world, even being mm -hmm. yourself in a way. I was just so deeply afraid of being a queer fat femme for so long that when I embraced it, it was mm -hmm. liberating and it was yeah. a healing, it was like a healing chapter. But now mm -hmm. I'm just like really identifying as me, Bevan, like whatever that experience is. Mm -hmm. And like, and yep. I really love gender as an experience with someone else that, especially in intimacy and intimate relationships, like I think none of the people who I have ever dated in any meaningful way are the same gender or sexuality since I left them. And it wasn't like I embodied that change, but I think they're so interesting, right? I think there's a way in which like, I think, I mean, I was raised by queers and I was taught by queer femmes how to be like this, but like, it's really about holding space for whoever mm -hmm. and the experience of what is happening and like being willing to open up to all this different sex and gender experience and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And like, I just, almost everybody has like changed a pronoun or like, I know, even if we don't talk, I know like, you know, one of my, one of my exes, like who was very like kind of internally homophobic was then like, you know, having butt sex after we broke up. So like, yes. like I, and I only know cause like they were on, um, cause I have a lot of bear friends. I'll say that people were telling me about the internet things they were seeing. So I love that. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I love like being part of the queer community and that like we're allowed to change yeah. and that that's like accepted. Cause I feel like in other communities, it's not, it's not always accepted. Yeah. And of course there's some queers who try to rain on that party, but like, I think by and large, the people who get that our queer ancestors died because they wanted us to be able to fuck and be free. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I think like once you get yeah. that and that liberation that comes with just receiving your friends and receiving your people and loving them just as they are mm -hmm. and letting, and, and being a safe space that they can like be their true selves. Like that's really what I want. And everything is just to be that space for people to just have their gender experience. <laughs> I love that, Bevan. You are such a safe person for that. And then I feel like you're such like an encouraging person around identity because of like how you so radically embraced your own identity. Mm, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, how has the pronoun change been going for you? Yeah, it's, it's been good. I mean, I've, I've almost like secretly, I feel like been using they, them for like, like a, a few years now, but, um, you know, really it's my, my, my girlfriend, Victory, she, I think we had been dating six months and I was like, oh yeah, by the way, I identify as they, them. And she was like, what? How did you not tell me it's been six months? And I was like, oh, but it's not a big deal. And like, I don't really care. And like, it's whatever. And um, yeah, I don't know. Like she, she just like, so was so like radically embracing of like, and like telling all of our friends, like they use they, them, they use they, them, they use they, them. And I was like, oh, I really like this. Like I, it felt really good. Like when she started telling people, like being my advocate, I was like, oh, okay. Like I actually really deeply prefer for people to call me they, them. And, um, 
yeah, it's just been like such, it's just been such like a natural unfolding with my name, I feel like, and like stepping more into my two-spirit identity and like stepping more into my indigeneity. It's like, I do feel so much of like a man and a woman, you know, like I, I say, like, I feel like a man on the inside and like a very femme woman on the outside, but like the people who know me the most are like, whoa, like you have like a really, you do have like a very like deep masculinity to you um, when you get into like the deeper levels of intimacy. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it's been unfolding for me. Oh, yeah. oh that's so beautiful. Oh, it's making me cry a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm just so like happy for you and so proud and so like, <laughs> excited to hear that because I know so many people who have like expressed that to me about like different genders like kind of embodying in the same field um like I feel like I feel um I've never felt like a man on the inside but I've definitely always felt like a flamboyant masculinity flowing through me that like isn't it's not obvious unless you really know me you know and like mm -hmm. It's, mm -hmm. and it's been really, it comes through in the forest a lot because this like sacred practice of me daily walking in the forest and being with myself and dancing and all of that, like really, it, that's where it really comes through. It's like all of me comes through when I'm dancing. Um, and it's just, it's so beautiful to like trust people and to be willing to take up space. It's funny cause like, you know, you're not an Aries. So like, I feel like there's something in that Aries energy of just like, I'm going to tell everyone exactly who I am and be this way. Mm -hmm. And then there's a way in which I think some of us uh, kind of take more of a backseat about like being like, honestly, it's like being honest about how we want to be named or claimed. And like, mm -hmm. I, like I haven't, I mean, I've been mononymous for like three and three years and change and have still not written a letter or an email to anybody <laughs> or like posted even a blog post about it but I've just kind of like casually made it aware in different spots mm -hmm. but like I'm not I, I don't know I feel like there's something about like you talking about taking up space with your name change where I'm like I really am avoiding taking up space with that um but I can't deny the euphoria I feel whenever I see just my name on a piece of mail or just like my my one name it's kind of like Prince I like to think of Prince as my real dad and like I don't actually need my biological dad's last name uh, or, uh, my, you know, like someone who was deeply abusive to me in my childhood is who my middle name is named after. So like, I'm like the release of those names that have baggage and also are just complicated. It's a long name to just the little five letter of Bevan, kind of like Prince, uh, also a five letter name who has a full name, Prince Rogers Nelson, but like, I don't know. It just like, it felt so good for me to like, just be like, let's just be simple. And it feels nice. <laughs> yeah. I remember when you told me, like, I feel it's been, a, it was a, probably a couple of years ago where you were like, oh yeah, I'm like, just going to go by Bevan. I was like, hell yes. Like that feels so right on so many levels. And it's so amazing to hear you explain it. Cause like, I don't think I heard that full explanation at the time. I don't even um, think I had that full explanation at the time, honestly. I just was like, 
I had, I was forced into the, not forced. It, there was a deadline on the decision because I was making my workout video, which, um, that okay. series is the hardest thing I've ever done harder than passing the bar in two States, but it was like a huge dream of mine. And I was like, how am I going to be in the credits? Am I going to just do this one name thing? And I wish I had made the decision years ago when I was doing queer nightlife and all those flyers with my long ass fake last name. Um, cause for those of you who don't know, I was a lawyer for a long time. And so I started having a performance last name that was like a brand landing ham, really a riff on my government last name, but it created a nice separation from like my legal clients and mm-hmm. counsel and stuff like that. And like, and I, you know, didn't queer nightlife is not really a, a lawyer adjacent thing. So, but I wish I had just been Bevan on all of those flyers. <laughs> That's and, so funny. I love I love that, like looking back in retrospect, but like you weren't just Bevan then, like I knew you then, like, no, you were not just Bevan. Like now you are just Bevan. Like you like have evolved into that, you know, like, yeah, it's been amazing. Like watching you like step into your identity. It's, it's so beautiful. And like the ease and grace of your identity now you know like there's just like a flow mm-hmm. yeah and like I still remain very excited about the someday when I get to change my last name when I get married to somebody and start a family but like you know that. and and it will be and I'll still be Bevan the, the storefront is still Bevan right and like and it'll just be like my government name my family name um <laughs> I love that that's so beautiful well thank you Um, tell me more. I feel like I've always really admired your parenting and, um, how you parent, uh, your son. And I know, I think he's about to graduate high school. Yeah. Next month. Yeah. Tell me everything. How are you feeling? What's going on? Is he going away or is he just going to stay with you? Yeah. So, um, no, so he's, he's going to continue living with me. He's going to community college to study cinema and photography. And then, um, he's thinking he might go to art school afterwards, but yeah, we, um, he's, he's so sweet. He's like, I want to live with you. I want like my grandkids to grow up with you. I want us to like always live together. Like it's, it's, it's it's really sweet. Um, whether or not that will happen, no attachment to that, but it's, it is, it is really sweet. Like, I feel like we, um, coexist just really well together. Like we're, we're just like a deeply, deeply compatible pair in a lot of ways. And, um, I just feel so lucky to have him as a son. Like he's just, he's such an old soul. He's much older than I am and extremely wise. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just such a blessing to be able to live this life with him. And he, let's see, he's, he's wanting to go professional with Muay Thai, which is kickboxing. So he, he's been doing that every single day, going to this gym and um, yeah, he's really hoping to go professional with it. And he just shot his first wedding um, last weekend, which is really exciting. And, um, he's working at the JC Penny portrait studio as a photographer for his day job. So like his whole life is like really in alignment with photography and videography. And I think, yeah, he's just an incredible manifester. Like he was like, I want to have a day job that's in photography. And then he manifested this job like two weeks later. It was just, it's kind of unbelievable. Like he, 
like he teaches me something like I swear like every week I'm like another lesson from like guru Jaden <laughs> oh I love that I feel like our children are our greatest teachers that's one of the things I've yeah. learned in um it's so funny like this time in my life I've spent so much time studying like communication parenting and marriage because I as a true feminist I get to do what's on my heart and I could never have told you that I desire most to be a wife and a mom and like yet <laughs> it's it's just the truth and so I'm like well I might as be might as well be great at it because I want um, I read this in a book and it's really landed for me is that success in parenting is having responsible adult children who want to have a relationship with you and having experience being, a, I guess, a responsible adult who didn't want to have relationships with my parents, either of them for a long time. Um, I like, I'm like, I want to change this narrative and I, I would, I'm oh God, what a dream it would be to have like a multi-generational household with grandkids, like that you get to love on as well, you know, and like be there. Yeah. I think kids need like three, yes. at least three adults, you know, like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just for self-care. Yeah, that's, that's our big dream is to have a multi-generational house. Like we talk about it all the time. Like, yeah, I think, I think both of us like feel really strongly. Like we want to, we want to like, you know, raise, raise kids together one day and yeah, I think, I think it's so beautiful and magical just to have that intergenerational wisdom, um, to like share food and laughter and love and play like on a daily basis. And for like, I think especially for grandkids to be able to like have the support of grandparents and like, in terms of like caretaking and, um, yeah, just like child, child rearing. Cause I just think there's like, there's like an ease that comes with age when it's like, you know, your second set of children that you're like parenting, you're like, Oh yeah, I got this. Like there's like a chill that there isn't the first time around as much, you know? Uh, oh yeah. And I mean, I have so much compassion for my own parents. Cause I like my mom was 26 when she had me and I can't imagine what kind of a wreck of a parent I would have been at 26 years old. So like, <laughs> I'm like, it'll be a fun do over. Uh, but it'll, it's, I'm, I'm excited that like, you know, I'm like 42. I've done a ton of healing. I mean, my healing work will be forever. Um, but it's like, I think one of the most sacred things yeah. I do it for is for that next generation yeah. so that I can be present for them and aware that they are my teacher. Uh, and, yeah. and also like just thinking about things like, like, you know how the muggles do gender reveals. Um, when of course we know as adults that gender is revealed over time <laughs> through yes through the absolutely <laughs> yes um, and I just I feel like for me I want to do genital reveals because that's what everyone's asking for what are the genitals of your your unborn child and I and I feel like pronouns are just a jumping off point to start negotiations and like they're gonna be whatever they're gonna be yes <laughs> I love that Bevan I love that yeah I felt. I felt very strongly that I wanted a gender neutral name that was like, so, so important to me. You know, I was just like, I don't, I want their name to be whatever it's going to be. Like they could have that name if they wanted to transition or like, however they wanted their gender to appear. And I mean, obviously people can change their names regardless, but, um, 
yeah, parenting, there's so many, there's so many choices. And like you, I read like a million books when I was pregnant at 19. (laughs) Um, Cause I was just like, I have no idea what good parenting looks like. Like I just had no barometer for what good parenting looks like, you know, and um, I made so many mistakes, but like, I'm so grateful that, um, you know, while, while my son was still like in the zero to 18 range that I like got my shit together and got sober and like found my spiritual path. And like, he got to see the evolution. It wasn't just like, my mom is fucked up. It was like, my mom has got some shit she needs to work out. And then like my mom got her shit together and like us going through that together, I feel like was part of our soul journey, you know? Um, Yeah. Are there any self-care wins that you've been really like in these last, like, I guess since the, in the pandemic, like, what have you been really, what's your like MVP self-care? Is there anything new you've gotten? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like, that's a good, that's a good question. I think, um, I think kind of like in honor of slowing down, I think, I think my rituals have become like very simple and very like tactile and body based. Like I've just been like finding a lot of like really yummy lotions and like rubbing like my whole body down in lotions every night. Um, I've been doing like a lot of womb healing. So I've been doing like castor oil wraps almost every night and like really focusing on like womb healing and touching my womb a lot, giving a lot of like Reiki to my womb. Um, What's a castor oil wrap? So it's like a, like you can use like flannel and then you, you soak it in castor oil and then you wrap it around your womb and the castor oil like penetrates your womb and, and actually physically like heals like fibroids or tension or like relieves like any like muscle muscle tension there so if you've had um sexual trauma womb healing is through a castor oil wrap is is really transformative um and heal it's so funny because healers have been saying this to me for like four years and I could not go there like it was so heavy for me with trauma but in the pandemic, I've been, I was like finally ready. Um, and it, and it's been incredible just cause like doing that womb healing, it's, it's really slowed me down. It's really like made me have to go a lot deeper, um, with my like internal reflection, if that, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. And it's also yeah. like in this eclipse, this eclipse has been about like not necessarily making any new changes, but just kind of examining like the changes that you've been sort of intending um, and integrating Mm -hmm. those. And like, it's interesting, you've had womb healing coming up in the eclipse that like, while you're like kind of actively Mm -hmm. finally doing this thing that was suggested for so long and it's so transformative. Um, And also the process of something that has brought me a lot of peace in the pandemic is like, the knowledge that sometimes the growth that you're experiencing isn't like trunk and leaves and branches, it's roots and root systems and like really rooting in, especially like 
I think as we become more true to ourselves and really like releasing the parts of us that weren't ever us, they were like performative things we did for other people. Ooh. Right. So like the root system is not for anyone else. It's for us. It's for our stability and it's for, um, yeah, for us and our stability and like, yeah. so that we can then grow from that and mm. recognizing like, you know, like my want and desire in my life is to be this big giant oak tree. But right now I'm just a little sapling rooting, rooting, rooting so that I can yeah. grow. Um, mm, that's so beautiful, Bevan. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I love that. What about you? Like, have you had any self-care routines that have come up in quarantine? Um, for sure. I think something that was beautiful about the quarantine is like, the, honestly, it's like I rooted into actual routine and like having the things that I do every single day and keep track of it and notice when I don't do those things, how it makes me feel. And like the consistency yeah. of not traveling, like for me, I used, I definitely recognize this when I was living in New York and I would travel all the time. I saw that I was traveling to avoid feeling my feelings. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm definitely doing this and I'm still going to keep doing it. Um, and so it's like, now that I'm a, I want to be, and I've, I've worked on having this completely online digital life, uh, where I can go wherever I, I want to and, and wander. I think my life as a Capricorn, I, I'm like going to always need and want like a strong home base, but I also need and want to tour and travel. And that's just, I think part of the balance of my life is like, um, I've always seen like going on the road for the summer, you know, like that kind of thing. And, um, yeah. and so like, I think something that's been really terrifying me coming out of the pandemic is like traveling again and, and being a, being confident that I can both travel with my responsibilities for, for work, but also traveling with my responsibilities to myself for my own mental well-being and the habits that I have. And I mean, mm -hmm. even just like my, my walking in the forest every day, like I'm going to have to figure out how to do a walk every day, like hopefully in nature at uh, someplace wild, mm -hmm. but like finding that and prioritizing that in my, mm -hmm. my nomadic, my periodic nomadic lifestyles, um, is like, it's, it's terrifying to me actually, but it's, you know, it's the kind of terror that comes with growing. So <laughs> I just want to so trust myself. <laughs> I love that. I love, I love that you've like rooted into routine. Like, I think I think that's like part of like being grown and like having done the work is falling in love with routine, you know, like mm -hmm. that's a grown person thing. <laughs> it is like, it's, I mean, self-care is kind of boring, but it's also like, and, and also routine is kind of boring, but like, I think as trauma survivors, like chaos is sometimes what we're attracted to because it's how we were raised. <laughs> And like, and the boringness of routine is actually something I think we don't necessarily crave, but we need. Um, and that's like the reparenting stuff is being willing to provide yourself the needs that you have. Yes. Oh my gosh, Bevan. I feel that. I feel that. I also like, I love my routine. Like it's, yeah, it's, it like really makes me feel like in my body, you know? And I think that's, like so important for me at this stage in my life is like what makes me feel like alive in my body yeah uh, totally um I'm curious if you're still are you still identifying as Jaden's mother or are you choosing a more gender neutral parent to kind of go with your two-spirit identity 
No, definitely mother. Yeah. Yeah. I very much identify as a mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, actually, you're I know a ton of trans folks who have like transitioned to male who still identify as a mother to their child. Um, Me too. I know a lot of trans folks who are male identified who still identify as a mother. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love that. And I just want to name it just so folks out there can know that like your gender possibilities are infinite and like, you know, and you can change your parent identification too. That's totally fine too. But like, it's, it's, yeah, it's beautiful to just get to define who you are and just live and not get stuck somewhere. Um, okay. So transitioning into psychic Mayuri. Um, what are you hearing from the collective or from the guides about like the pandemic and our best practices now and like mm. travel? Is it safe? Is it like against the public interest? Like how, like what's coming? Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think, I think one of the big, I think one of the big messages that I'm seeing with clients during the pandemic is, um, something that I'm going through myself is, is body healing. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like, I feel like people are really tuning into their body and their subtle bodies mm -hmm. and doing things to take care of themselves that they weren't, they weren't doing before because they have the time to actually sit with themselves. Um, and so I'm, I'm seeing people talking about and realizing and waking up to trauma for the first time in their life that they had never realized before. Um, I think just the practice of like having to sit with yourself in more silence than we've ever experienced before, I think is bringing that to the surface for a lot of people. Um, in terms of travel, I, yeah, I, I do feel like it's safe to travel. Um, intuitively it feels it feels like it feels like this is the time when things when the window is reopening um I think that I think that people like continuing to like wear their masks as they travel is important um even if you're vaccinated but I think I think that the window is reopening for a reason I think that I, I feel like I, I feel like spirit is like in alignment with this reopening. That's what it feels like for me. Is, is that, is that how you're feeling also? Um, I think, yes, I'll say this. Like I've really struggled with the ethics of travel um, for the last few months, but I think it's like, and I, and it's also like, you know, just living in a community. I think I'm, I'm, mm in a weird spot because our, I mean, in a actually very blessed spot, honestly, because, um, I live amongst people who are all 60 and over and yeah. everyone got vaccinated right away. Like it's like, there's like two people who didn't get vaccinated and like everyone else got vaccinated right away. I felt a lot of peer pressure to get vaccinated as soon as it was available for me. And I succumbed yeah. to that peer pressure, even though I felt complicated about, you know, I don't trust the government and I didn't necessarily want new science in my arm. But I also really trust my body. So like, and I, and I trust my body around COVID, honestly. So I was like, 
okay, I'm going to do this for the best interest of everyone. And I'm glad I did it. But then I immediately saw my neighbors just like maskless running. I mean, it's, they're not running naked in the streets. I wish they were, but like, it's the equivalent of that. Like in terms of just a hundred people now being in a quarantine pod together, essentially. Um, and it feels, I mean, that to me just felt so risky. I was like, cause you don't, people are coming in and out and traveling and, and all sorts of things. So I'm still masking in larger social gatherings, but like just easing myself into one-on-one stuff and just honestly haven't, um, I don't know, like my, my guidance didn't really tell me one thing or another about safety for travel. I feel like I just kind of had to untangle it, um, from an ethical point of view. I don't know, maybe I'm just a capital, but like, I also, developed a lot of peace once I decided, okay, I'm sitting still here until August, but I know that I have friends who are coming through. I just saw a friend from Philadelphia yesterday, socially distanced. We masked indoors, but like, and, but we did have a vaccinated hug. And, um, it feels like to me, this time is harm reduction and priorities. Like 2021, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do the things that are my highest priorities and I'm not going to put myself in like unnecessary danger but like I'm also having a lot of fun like conjuring like my dream tour scenario and like what that's going to look like this year um and how that can be and like you know it involves somehow a magical private plane trip to Paris every time I conjure it in my head but um yes that's amazing Bevan I love that I love that for you I'm I'm here for that thanks uh I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, have, has anything, I love that you're actually sensing people are, are getting more connected to their bodies. Um, I feel like it's like, it's, it's the identities and it's bodies. Um, because I think so many people have experienced a body change, um, in the pandemic Mm -hmm. and like, cause you know, when you have more time, it's, it might go one way or the other, right? You're changing your life. Like your body experience might change. And I I love hearing that because I think so few people, I mean, so few people think about their gender. So few people think about their bodies. Like they just kind of live life by default, listening to what other people tell them they're supposed to do. And then when you don't Mm -hmm. have toxic workplace lunchtime uh, to police your food, (laughs) you might have you know, a better and more intimate experience of your own body and getting that autonomy that is so sacred and so important in our freedom. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is there anything else that's like come through that surprised you um, recently? Like things that, um, I don't know, this is kind of more of an open-ended question, but. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think really like on a general, like on a general sense, I think it, like what, what I said earlier is like people, I'm seeing so many clients talking about trauma that they've never thought about or talked about before. Like I'm just having clients that I've been seeing for years um, who've never once talked about their childhood, who have never once talked to me of their parents, like people who are old and grown who are like, I can't stop thinking about my childhood and I can't stop thinking about this thing that happened. And like, maybe this thing didn't, did happen. And like, I've never even thought about this before. And I'm 50, you know, with like things like that. I'm, I'm hearing so many people talk about stuff like that right now. Um, and, and 
yeah, it's like, I really, I really feel like, I really feel like mother earth is supporting and holding people's experiences and trauma to an even greater degree right now. Like, I feel like she's, I feel like she's just like very ripe and ready to like hold heavy experiences and to really like take, take it under her roots and transmute it and like bring it back as support in life. And I think, I think people are like feeling that, that energy and are like, and are like leaning into it because of, because of just how devastating this past year and a half has been and just how things have gotten real so fast. I think it's really, um, forced people to like break up that experience of running away from their feelings, you know, break up that experience of like leaning into toxic behaviors. Like, I just think people are finding themselves like looking within. Um, I also think people are really facing their addictions right now in a way that I haven't seen before. Like I'm having a lot of clients talk about their drinking problem, their drug problem, their sex addiction problem, their gambling problems. And when they've never talked about that before. And I, I think like patterns are being revealed because people are having to be, you know, have a smaller world than they had before. And so because of that, like you're forced to look within. I love that. I mean, I don't, I mean, I love that for everyone actually, because the more you look at yourself and release the need to do the addiction, um, or at least are just aware that what you're doing Mm -hmm. is addictive and taking you out of reality, like that the awareness Mm -hmm. is so potent. Um, and I also love the release to mother Gaia and just like how much she can transmute for us. I, I literally lay in the forest frequently. I carry a tarp with me so I can lay down on, you know, soggy Pacific Northwest. Um, and just lay down and just say release and just let it go and like, let it, let whatever needs to go, go. And like, I wow. think it's, I mean, that's like an earthing practice and earthing is just mm-hmm. connecting to the earth and letting it heal. And you can do it simply by just like being barefoot mm-hmm. on the grass or like mm-hmm. wherever you have access mm-hmm. to earth. And I also, I just want to like hype this idea up for people I'm feeling called to share. Um, I got advised by a tarot reader early in the pandemic that I needed a house plant. Um, and like the more work I've been doing, like with earth magic and fairies and stuff like that, I've recognized the power of having some dirt in your house so that yeah. your earthing can be in your home as well. Cause I think so frequently we have these mm-hmm. very sterile interiors that don't have that mm-hmm. access. Um, mm-hmm. and even just one plant, you don't need to be, uh, pandemic houseplant person. Um, but props to all of those who have become pandemic houseplant people. Um, but like even just one, and I had a friend who I was treating with energy healing during her COVID, uh, experience. It was nasty. It was a couple weeks long. And, um, I had her put a plant right next to her head where she slept, um, with like a couple of stones, like maybe a rose quartz or something like that, which, I think gives more access to that healing while we're in our most vulnerable mm-hmm. release, which is sleep. Yeah. That's so beautiful, Bevan. I love, I love that. I love that. Um, yeah. Plants are, I've, I, 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 I've always had like many house plants. Um, most of all of people have, have given me over the years and yeah, I've, I've felt 
so much more supported by them around plants. Cause I just think, I think people are doing so much transformative inner work and like house plants can do so much magic for us. Like they can support us so much. And I love, I love that you recommended putting the plant by your client's head who had COVID. That's such powerful magic. Like I, yeah, I, I haven't even like thought about that. It's, that's really beautiful. You know, I had never thought about it either. And, and, but I was like putting those pieces together about having the house plant in the house and like what that energy portal can be. And um, so when she was sick, I was like, no, this is, this is what, it was all very clear to me what needed to happen. So that's my favorite part about being an energy healer is sometimes it's just very easy, you know, like it's very powerful and very easy, which is very anti-capitalist to allow something to be easy. (laughs) wow you just went there I've never I've never thought about that yeah I've never thought about like how spiritual work is anti-capitalist because it is so easy and it is all about allowance yeah and it, it, I think if you're up on your energy work it doesn't mean you're never going to get sick but I think it means you do spend a lot less dollars in like disease care um when you're spending I mean I think it's just exponential like we were we were talking about this before we started and we're going to talk about it now supplements uh and how good they are and like how filling in your nutritional gaps because it's even if you ate the most organic local um plant-based diet you're not getting all the nutrition you need um and supplements and really good high quality supplements pay attention to where you're getting it from and where the seeds are coming Mm -hmm. from and all of that stuff Mm -hmm. it's not target vitamins this is like really paying attention to where you're getting your supplements from and I just feel like that I spend so much percent of my income on my health and including my Mm -hmm. mental health, but like, Mm -hmm. and and my supplements have really helped my mental health. So, Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious for you, like, what are you taking and what are you excited about? Oh my gosh. I spend so much money like on, on supplements. Um, oh my gosh. Well, okay. These, I just like happens to be next to my supplements, <laughs> but I don't know how to say it, but it's Gui Pi Tang, this, this particular Chinese herbal medicine blend that my acupuncturist recommended, total game changer, like blood builder, like grounded into my energy, like so much faster than I was able to before. Like, cause I can be very like in the astral as a psychic. Um, and taking these twice a day has totally changed my life. Um, yeah, I, so for supplements, I use the mega food, um, brand, which is, which I love, um, because it comes, it comes from vegetables and fruits. Um, but yeah, I take like a vitamin D3 from them. I take an iron supplement from them. Um, and then I take I take turmeric and kasumarin um, because I have, I can have fibromyalgia symptoms and I have a lot of chronic pain um, from childhood sexual abuse. So that's been really transformative for me. Um, I think, I think that's about all I'm taking right now. And then I take, I take tincture blends. So I I have um, an herbalist in the Bay that I've been working with for, for a long time, who, um, is, 
um, has a Sephardic Jewish background and works with their ancestral grandmother to create herbal blends. And um, I've been working with them for, for a few years and that's been really transformative for me. And then um, I use CBD and rose on, on like a daily basis also. Um, yeah. How do you use CBD and rose? What's your, what's your method? So I, um, so I like create my own smoke blends. And so, yeah, every, every night I'll like smoke CBD and rose and it's just been such a beautiful ritual for me. Um, it doesn't have any THC in it. Cause I, um, as somebody who has a mental illness that interacts very poorly with THC, I, um, can't have THC. Um, I know for some people such as yourself, it's very, very healing. And, um, I recognize that unfortunately not for me. Um, but yeah, after, after being sober a couple years, I, my guides were like, okay, like you need, you need some, you need some plant medicine and really guided me towards, um, CBD. And I, yeah, I get it from like a, a supplier that's all organic and, um, that I feel really good about. And then, yeah, I just, I just mix it with like organic rose petals. And sometimes I'll put in different herbs, like, um, like mugwort, if I'm wanting to do some like dream journeying, um, or like red raspberry, if I'm having like PMS symptoms and I just, I just kind of intuitively blend. Um, and then I have some, some herbalist friends who I'll like check in with, like, do you have any recommendation for this thing? And you know, whatever, whatever they say, I, I trust, trust your local herbalist. <laughs> yes. And speaking of your local herbalist, um, tell me more about your Yoni themes. I saw that in your email newsletter that you're offering. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm working with my, with my friend Akasha, who's, um, who's an herbalist and, um, she, she, um, works like Haitian herbalist magic. And so we're collaborating together, um, on the Yoni steam. So she's going to do like custom Yoni steam herbal blends. Um, so when someone wants to do a Yoni steam, like they'll, they'll write us and be like, okay, this is what I want to work on, whether it's like fertility or, um, reproductive health or PMS symptoms or PMDD symptoms or, um, trauma or w there's so many benefits to Yoni steams. And so she's going to do the, the herbal, um, mix custom mix blends blends. And then, um, I have, I have like a Yoni steam chair and robe and like have a, a whole setup. And so I'm going to be mobile, like going to people's houses and doing Yoni steams and then doing drumming and Reiki during the Yoni steam to really like call in the ancestors and, um, just to like help everything flow energetically. Um, and if people don't want to have that, we can do like the drumming and Reiki afterwards. So it's, it's, it's flexible depending on if people want to be alone during the steam, but yeah, I, I'm just really, I'm really excited to bring this like ancient indigenous technology to people and to really like share 
the magic of Yoni steams because it's totally changed my life. Um, I do like a monthly full moon Yoni steam where, um, yeah, I just, I work on whatever's coming up with me around like sexual health, like childhood sexual abuse, trauma healing or womb healing. Um, and just sit with the herbs because like the herbs can do so much for us. And there's like different ways to mix the herbs to like address very specific things that are coming up. Um, and yoni steams aren't just for assigned female at birth people. Um, yeah, we're calling them like sacral steams because there's also like lingam steams that can be for like assigned male at birth people or every type of gender can benefit from, um, from sacral steams. Yeah. Ah, oh, now I want to do one. Um, can't wait, <laughs> yeah. can't wait to come visit you in San Diego. Yay. Uh, yay. I love you so much, Mayuri. I am just delighted and grateful to the goddess for bringing us together and for mm -hmm. just getting to continue to get to witness, um, you and also just very, very grateful that you trust me to tell your story, um, and share your story with folks, because I think you, you're just such an incredible healer and your story is so healing and thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Bevan. I feel so grateful for our friendship and, um, yeah, just our beautiful, like psychic connection with each other. And, um, yeah, you've said you've had like such a huge impact on my life. Well, thank you. Same. Um, even just, I can remember there was this moment where I was like dating somebody and you gave me all this great advice about like how to be sexy and like um, in me. And like, I just, I remember that so it's so empowering. I always feel so empowered with you and love you so much. It's funny because like now we talk about supplements. <laughs> I know, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's so true. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. Being, being an older queer person in the world is like a very special experience. Oh, and I really, I mean, truly what I hope people hear from this is like how to heal and that it gets to be a journey. And, and also you get to enjoy your life on the way. Like even when like there are things that aren't yet healed, I think healing is a lifetime thing, but like just yeah. continuing to find that joy and the, find the appreciation and the, I mean, the will to live. I mean, I, I hate to say it like that, but the will to live is a full-time job and like, Oof. it's my focus. <laughs> wow. That's powerful. The will to live. That's, that's a powerful statement, Bevan. Oh, thanks. I, re I mean, I really did recognize it. Like when my, my grandfather passed away and it was very, um, I, my paternal grandfather with that name. Uh, and he, like it's funny because we had we hadn't talked in years and like he just called me out of the blue because uh, it was during Hurricane Sandy and I was in Brooklyn and it, he was nervous for me and we had a great conversation and he died like two days later um and, and it wasn't like it was something people knew was coming he just had got literally that day got diagnosed with like leukemia or some kind of cancer and literally went home and died on the recliner it was like and I just, that, that the will to live as a full-time job is what came through immediately. As soon as I found out that he had passed, I was like, oh, it's like, it's like, he was like, not, nah. he's like, nah, <laughs> I'm not going to try to fight cancer. Nah. <laughs> that is amazing. Wow. That's a, 
it's a beautiful story. I mean, we're such powerful beings, like being able to be like, I'm good. Like I've lived a good life. Like I'm going to go on this recliner and like not in a hospital. Like that's yeah. some powerful magic. Like it's just like a testament to how powerful we are as beings. Yeah, it really is. It really is such a testament. Um, I love you so much. Thank you so much for being here. I love you so much. Hi. Yay. <laughs>